0: Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Friese, and you are listening to What the Fuck, where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage, people don't come to church anymore. Hey, I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. Hey, Pastor Joel.
1: Hey, Pastor Jonathan. What's going on, man? A lot of good stuff. Yeah, a lot of good news many many good things in my life and news <laughs> and news yeah And news
0: well not just stuff
1: not just stuff no
0: not just not just physical things but no mental emotional and spiritual things
1: yeah just lots of good lots of good
0: lots of good well why don't we keep the good going and talk about the gospel
1: oh nice yeah let's do it
0: today's topic What is the background of the topic of the gospel?
1: Well, this is the big one, isn't it? You know, the Mm. gospel means the good news. This is the crux of the message we Christians are supposed to spread across the world.
0: Okay, that's why you were saying the good news. So this is the, we're supposed to be spreading this this news This is the good, the capital T, capital G, capital N, the good news.
1: This is the good news.
0: Well, how could anyone be hurt by this topic in the church? However, we are here talking about this topic. So I will ask you, how have people been hurt by this in the church? Or how has this topic of the gospel caused disunity?
1: Well, people know what the gospel is but not the how and why behind it or worse actually they don't even know what what the gospel is and really comes down to this belief of the gospels about not going to hell
2: okay so what does this
0: conflict or issue look like in the church So there's a strict side and there's a loose side. What is the strict side?
1: This side will know that the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, that the gospel has three parts. Christ died. Christ was buried. And Christ rose on the third day. Yet the explanation on this side of the argument still comes down to only being about salvation. Now, what we want everyone to know is the gospel is in three parts and each part brings a different benefit. So this is why we're doing the gospel in the God's will season. Cause it may seem like, well, wouldn't this have been a good topic to cover back when we covered, was it season two when we talked about God and salvation? Yeah. But in season three, a big thing we uncovered is that salvation is just the first part of what Christianity is really about in the life of a Christian, the benefits come after salvation. So we're going to see in what we want you and me, PJ, what we want everyone to know is there are different benefits in each of these three parts. These three parts of the gospel do not only come down to salvation. They do
0: not only come down to the avoidance of eternal punishment. Yeah, of
1: not going to hell.
0: Right, because we've covered that before. Yeah. So how do the people in the strict perspective support their belief with the Bible?
1: I could take this verse from Mark 16, verse 15. And Jesus said to them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to the whole creation. If I take that verse and I... Pair it with the strict side view. Do you remember the strict side view of the great commission of discipleship? Right. Meaning again, that discipleship was treated the same way we see the strict side treating the gospel. It's just about salvation. Discipleship is just getting people saved. So if I take the mentality that discipleship or this great commission is just getting people saved, then I can take a verse like Mark sixteen fifteen. And I can believe and help others believe that the gospel is just about getting people saved. Go and preach the gospel to the whole creation means go get people saved. Mm -hmm. Or prevent people from going to hell. Go out and tell people they're going to go to hell if they don't get saved.
0: And then when they get saved, congratulations, you help them get saved from hell. anymore.
1: It's like, yeah, and we we agree. I mean, part of it is not going to hell. But how, But the strict side, our point here on the strict side is this is what they believe the entirety of the gospel is about, is just preventing people from going to hell. And they've even found ways, like we've seen in every single topic we've covered to date, you can make any text mean what you want it to mean. What you and I try to do, PJ, is we try to find out and embrace and teach what God means behind the words he uses.
0: How would you handle an interaction with someone who held the strict perspective?
1: Well, I could ask, what's the good news? I mean, is there more to this good news than escaping judgment? And then I could also ask, what is your explanation behind each part of the gospel? I mean, Paul explicitly broke it down into three parts. Hmm. Did he just do that for fun or did he have a purpose behind doing that?
2: Nice.
0: So let's summarize where we're at now. The strict side only sees the gospel as a message about salvation or even just about escaping the fires of hell. Yeah. Well, then, before we get into the loose perspective, why don't we go ahead and take a call from Pastor Tater. Pastor Tater. From McMillan, Alabama. Go ahead, Pastor Tater. You are on the line. <sighs>
2: Joe, Pastor Jonathan, it is I, Pastor Richard, Tater, calling from McMillan, Alabama. Now y'all know I have so to say upon the matter of the gospel. You are covering my favorite topic, gentlemen. The gospel is sweet, sweet. Use it to my ears. Glory be to God. I used to say that before I took restoration, however, my perspective of the gospel was that it was, and I quote, God created the heavens, the earth, and sinful man. And it was our job as humans to admit we were worthless sinners and confess Jesus as Lord, end quote. Now, I know the gospel is the death burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ.
1: Amen. How's the the church in McMillan doing?
2: Oh, we are booming, sir. We are booming, booming, booming. You know, I have to make this call short uh, because I have a membership meeting and, well, uh, I have to talk with Pastor Rich. Uh, You know, uh, he's not doing too good, y'all. What's wrong? Well, uh, he's always struggled with confronting people uh, pastor rich is is going to be okay though I, I i feel bad for him because as a pastor you end up seeing that not everyone who says they are a christian actually
1: behaves like one when it counts y'all know what i mean yeah hey, i understand i hear you pastor tater uh, thank
2: you, Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Joel. You know, I'm going to hang up and listen while I work on the agenda for the membership meeting. You know, this was my favorite podcast. To hey, God bless.
0: Thank you, Pastor Tater, for the call. You know, Pastor Tater is dealing with a lot more action at his church. Great news. It's yeah, really exciting it stuff. But oh man, too bad for Pastor Rich.
1: (laughs) Yeah, heart for this guy, right? Um, I'm glad Pastor Tater's aware of what's going on and I'm glad he's there for Pastor Rich.
0: Yeah, same. Let's talk about the other side of the argument. What's the loose perspective,
1: Pastor Joel? Well, the loose side is defining the gospel as the good news. That's it. Like, what do you mean by the gospel? I mean, the good news. What's the good news? What's the gospel? Okay. That's it, right? So nothing uncomfortable, nothing tense. We're going to heaven. Mm. You know, these people tend to not even go as far as the strict side to give any definition other than the good news. Again, it's really not being defined at all. And people on this side are taking on the belief that since they're Christians, they've experienced the gospel, and that's all there is to it.
0: And how have people been hurt by that perspective?
1: We know salvation simply means avoidance of a punishment. Mm -hmm. Christ's death, which is the first third of the gospel, means we aren't going to be in torment. That's it. Now, that first third of the gospel, Christ's death, is really not bad news. (laughs) Salvation is not bad news. Okay. The gospel is the good news. It's not not bad news. And we'll see further on when we get to the the ultimate answer that the benefits of Christianity are actually in the two-thirds of the gospel that these people either aren't aware of, or aren't experiencing.
0: How would you handle an interaction with someone who held the loose perspective?
1: I could ask, what are the benefits of the gospel? Well, and you know, and a lot of times you hear people say, well, it's a benefit. I'm not going to hell. No, I mean, that's not necessarily a benefit. It's a lack of a detriment.
2: Mm.
1: It's like, if I point the gun to your head. And then you say something that causes me to not pull the trigger. Did something good happen to you? No, you escaped me killing you, but that didn't actually provide a benefit to you. Right. You're well, welcome you might for say, me
0: not killing you.
1: Right. Well, you might say, well, I'm, I'm alive. It's like, yeah, but you were alive before I put the gun to your head. Right. You're not more alive now that I didn't kill you. So yes, We love salvation. Don't get us wrong. We don't want to spend eternity in judgment in the lake of fire, but the benefits, the good part of the gospel is in the two thirds after Jesus's death. So I could ask what are the benefits of the gospel or even ask a more personal question. How are you experiencing the good news? That's
0: great. I like that a lot. When you see this going on in the church, the strict side, the loose side, this topic of the gospel and the mess that has been created. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Pastor Joel?
1: Well, my thoughts tend to get categorized according to three different groups of people. There's the group of people I feel sorry for. These are the people who think the best God has to offer is for us to not go to hell. These people are deceived. And when they preach this message to others, they're actually proclaiming a limited and often wrong version of Christianity. They are missing out on the benefits of what it means to be a Christian. There's the group of people that I understand why they do what they do. These are people who are frustrated that they aren't experiencing the good news from the church. Mm. The questions they ask are met with contradictions or just the questions are ignored altogether and not answered. I mean, is it a wonder people leave the church when the leaders can't explain the foundational message of the church? Mm. Then there's the people I'm impressed with. These are people who experience the goodness of the message Jesus gave to us. People who experience all three parts of the gospel and all three benefits of this message. And then of course, are able to help others do the same.
0: What is the ultimate answer, Pastor Joel?
1: Well, the ultimate answer is the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Now, what we're going to do, though, is we're going to break that down so that you can actually understand what each part means and the benefit we experience from each part. So let's build our answer. Let's look at part one. Christ died. First Corinthians 1531 says this. I protest by that glorifying in you, brethren, which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I die daily. That's Paul saying I die daily, right? Mm -hmm. So the first part of the gospel means we, how do we embrace this? We ought to die. Paul did so. He said it. It means he kills his flesh daily. How does he do this? Well, a few things I want to cover quick. Number one, you can't do nothing. Number two, you can't stop doing something by stopping it. This creates a law and just makes you want to do it more. It actually enables the flesh instead of killing it. And number three the important one I'd like y'all to remember. You stop doing bad behavior by doing the opposite. So I ought not focus on what not to do. I ought to focus on what to do. And then ultimately, that would mean having God direct my actions. What's the ultimate to do? Grace, the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. And how do we know when it's God speaking to us? How do we know when it's the divine influence? We check with our faith. That's how grace and faith work together. Nice. So, really, the way to die daily is to do the opposite of what your flesh wants to do. You don't kill your flesh by directly killing it, you kill your flesh by doing the opposite of what your flesh wants. Yeah. By letting God influence your heart and checking that influence through your faith, through your understanding and experience of what God wants from you. Since salvation is obtained by grace through faith, we can see and conclude that Jesus' death, the first third of the gospel, when applied to our lives, results in salvation. Part one, Christ died, results in salvation. Part two, Christ was buried. Notice this is an important piece that is, the, and this is the one that's often overlooked. Yeah,
0: seriously. I can't wait to hear this explanation.
1: It's it's the middle child of the gospel, right?
0: <laughs> oh, is that why I want to know about it?
1: <laughs> yeah, you and, Mila, you and me alike, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So it is it is one third of the gospel by itself. So there is a benefit in and of itself to the burial. It's not the same as death because notice a body can be dead without being buried. Hmm. Now think of it this way, a buried body is out of sight. So how do we apply Christ being buried to our life? Matthew 6, 6 is this, But thou, when you pray, enter into thine inner chamber, and having shut thy door, pray to thy Father who is in secret, and thy Father who seeth in secret shall recompense thee. Entering the inner chamber and shutting the door is synonymous with being buried. And actually, the entire chapter of Matthew chapter 6, we've covered this at length in many of our episodes, deals with killing the flesh and not letting others see it, resulting in reward. Putting your body out of sight, knowing that if people don't see me, God, who does, will reward me. So the buried part of the gospel results in reward. You can see this, Matthew 6.1 sets up the entire chapter, really supporting this idea that being buried resulting in reward. It says, take heed that you do not do your righteousness before men to be seen of them, else you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. So applying Christ's death to your life leads to salvation. Applying Christ's burial leads to reward. We can see salvation is a lack of a punishment, an avoidance of a punishment. Reward is a benefit. Now we're out of the hole. We are in the positive. Part three, Christ rose on the third day. First Corinthians 15, 12 through 14 says this. Now, if Christ is preached that that he hath been raised from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, neither hath Christ been raised. And if Christ hath not been raised, then our preaching vain, your faith also is vain. This is really powerful because what Paul Mm -hmm. is doing here is he's establishing the resurrection of Christ, the third part of the gospel, Christ rose, is the most important part of the gospel.
0: Right.
1: And that all of, all of the preaching has been in vain. All of their faith has been in vain or not profitable without the resurrection. So let's look at another verse from Paul to the Romans. That'll help us understand more about what this resurrection is supposed to look like in our lives. I'm not going to read all of them, but if you look at Romans 6, verses 3 through 7, please look at it for yourself. Paul states that Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so that we, 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 humans, also might walk in newness. Of life. The resurrection brings us the ability to walk in newness of life. Paul is saying that if we do the first two parts of the gospel, the death and the burial with Christ, then we also are able to do the third part. And Paul called that third part of the gospel walking in newness of life. What is life? Well, listen to the last episode if you want. Nice. We saw that life is the ability to repair. (laughs) Eternal life is not eternal existence. We know people in the lake of fire will exist eternally, but they will not have eternal life. Eternal life is the eternal ability to repair, which results in you getting eternally better. So the really good news is that we have eternal life. We will experience paradise. And we are able to experience eternal life through and only through Jesus' resurrection. So the ultimate answer, the gospel is in three parts. The death, equaling salvation. The burial, equaling reward. And the resurrection, equaling eternal life. So tips for applying this topic to our lives. You just go down to each one of the three parts of the gospel. For instance, are you growing in grace and faith? That would be killing your flesh or embracing the death third of the gospel.
0: Killing your will
1: to follow God's will. Yep. Doing the opposite of what your flesh wants by taking direction from God. Nice. Kills your flesh. Number two, are you keeping your flesh out of sight? Now, this would be. Love, building value, intentionally gaining reward by doing things for others that are of value to them without expecting anything in return.
0: So that would be like me not being, uh, not moping around when I'm having to do something that God wants me to do. Yeah. Going, oh, this is so hard. I want to do this, but God wants me to do this. Oh, this is so hard, but I'm going to do it anyway. Looking to...
1: Yeah, is that helping people glorify God? You're a Christian, you're a Christian leader, you're a pastor of a church. And the example you're setting for your people is walking with God is unjoyful Mm -hmm. because you're letting your flesh rule you and not the spirit.
0: So, as good as that's going to get, is people around me going, Wow, Pastor Jonathan is really struggling and doing this really
1: hard thing. He's so spiritual. Yeah, right.
0: And I have my reward.
1: Yep, and then number three, I could ask you, are you repairing?
2: Hmm.
1: So remember the eternal ability to repair. The resurrection brings eternal life. A way we can embrace the resurrection today is by embracing life, by embracing repair, by embracing a growth mindset.
0: That is amazing.
1: Well, thank you,
0: Pastor Joel. This has been what the flock. Thanks for listening, everyone, and remember. If you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.